Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Great. Will, how are you? Good, sir. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Excited to, to talk here. Um, to introduce you, guest today is William Smith, currently... Managing director at Technical Paradigm, also a let me say make sure I say it correctly, uh account technical account strategist at Microsoft. Did I get it right? <laughs> yep, yep, you got it right. There we go. You also worked at Deloitte, a number of other Chicagoland companies in the past, and you wrote a book uh, which people can find out now, uh The Future of Tech. Anything I missed there? Um, let's see, Supreme Lord Commander of the uh, Galactic <laughs> Star Udenosh. <laughs> We're all good. Cool. Oh, well, actually, I am... there is yeah. one more. I um I am a mentor for uh kids, so I do uh some charity work. And uh the cool thing is during last year or last week and last month, because it was now it's December, um, I spent about 40 hours outside of my normal work doing uh, volunteer work for inner city kids. And uh, we did little uh, events at uh, IIT and the Sears Tower and other little organizations, you know, both Microsoft sponsored and uh, a charity board that I'm on sponsored too. Nice. Is that um, to help folks get in, into tech or interested in tech? It is. So these kids are uh, generally, you know, in areas where tech isn't really flourishing mm -hmm. and it's just a way for us to get them excited about tech and just talking about, you know, Hey, the media wants you to be an NBA star, but realistically you're probably not going to be one. Um, look at the technology because you need a backup plan. You need to, mm -hmm. you know, don't think about, you know, just rap as you know, you singing, think about it as, you know, all of the work that goes towards it, the marketing, you know, it, it gives people a more generalized um, scope because, you know, people think, oh, I'm going to be a artist, musician. I want to be a basketball, football. And, you know, sometimes you may not get there and then you have other options because you've prepared your life for these, um, these scenarios. Yeah. I love it. You might not make LeBron money, but you can still make a decent living being a software developer, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I haven't had a ton of people on the show who have worked primarily or, or worked recently at a lot of consulting companies. So can you just share a little bit about um, your role and kind of what you do currently? Yeah. So currently, um, at Technical Paradigm, we do uh, more or less uh, software development uh, recruiting, and it's primarily a, a recruitment firm. Um, but with the bridge with me, uh, I have a small consulting shop and we do uh, managed consulting. And, you know, think of it as uh, one-off types of work where you're doing X project, you're doing Y, um, finish up a project, or you're actually encompassing a whole new um, um, workload. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, my day-to-day -day at Microsoft, I do um, more or less the strategic alignment with uh the financial services. So that one's a little bit more fun because I get to work with clients at the big investment firms and I, I culminate a strategy to um, get their business um, 
business ideas across, as well as how do we plug in partners uh, that are aligned with Microsoft and uh, how do we make their workflows work with their existing as well as transformation towards what they have are existing. Hmm. Interesting. Blah, nice. blah, 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 tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Can you share a little bit how you got into tech in the first place? Yeah, so it's so funny, man. I like looking back in my life, you know, I've always liked, I'll always love tech. And uh, I had some funny stories. Uh, the The funny story is, you know, when I was working uh, or not even working, I was still in high school. And uh, I was, you know, this was at a time where they didn't really have like software programs. And um, one of the teachers that I had, she was a math teacher. She was a uh, manager for uh, Accenture. And I'm like, oh, wow, you, you went to teaching. So I wonder, you know, how did that go? I mean, at the time I was like, uh, you know, blah, 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 I'm a kid. Um, I would I would ask her, you know, like technical stuff, like, you know, how's work? How, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And then I think around that time, Iron Man came out. So I really was like, dude, this is like, <laughs> I was so inspired by Iron Man, like the uh, Jarvis and the AI and like the, the 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 suit and all that stuff. And, you know, I was telling her, you know, I don't know how, but I want to make a, I want to make a suit like that. I want to make a Jarvis. And so she was like, okay, well, you got to start with, with programming. So I'm going to teach you uh, Java. And so I learned Java after school with her for, you know, the remainder of that uh, semester. And then that got me an appetite to doing tech um, from a programmer perspective. And then at first I wasn't a big fan of programming because it was just like, oh, but then <laughs> I got really excited for it when I went into college and eventually I went into work. Um, my first like programming job was with this uh, law firm and it was just, it was, it was okay. It was just basic, you know, X, Y, Z stuff. And then from there, I went from Chase and then go go up the ladder and stuff. But yeah. 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 That's, that's so funny. Um, I think a lot of people have had that experience of like, oh, tech's so cool. I want to build a, you know, an Iron Man suit. And then you go, oh, this is actually tedious sometimes. <laughs> you actually start learning. And you go, uh, I'm a long way from Jarvis, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to, <laughs> to push through, especially, you know, um, someone who's a teenager or a young adult, you're telling them, hey, instead of, you know, playing video games or having fun, you sit down and actually learn this, right? It can be tough. It's very, like, it's, you know, we, we expect the instant gratification of something being built, and it's not that easy. It's going yeah. take time. Yeah, well, it's. I think some people. That's why they gravitate to front end work because you can see at least you can see something, right? Like, <laughs> okay, I, I made a box, right? It shows up on screen instead of like sort of as a back end work. Especially if people are getting started. It's like I've done all this stuff and I, I got some data moving around. <laughs> like that's what I could show you, right? Which is hard to hard to get that gratification from, but uh, but it's it's interesting. So your first job, um, you got out of school and then um stepped into that that law firm or can you share how you how you got that first gig yeah it um so it was it's, it was the funny part actually comes in at this my first first job was actually with uh subway and i'm like what am i doing here and the, the funny thing is i quit the first day because the the story is i uh i was in the back chopping up lettuce and by the way i i give kudos to everybody who's done food um food industry kudos to you because that is hard yeah yeah um i was in the back chopping lettuce and then the printer broke 
And I'm like, oh, I can fix this. I can. I know exactly what to do. And she's like, no, get your ass back there and cut this lettuce. And I was just so mad about that moment. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go to school and do tech. You know, the, the first way I got into that job, the good thing is I, I went for something that was easy to reach. So in my specific case, um, basic CMS web programming was a very attainable job, especially for someone that didn't have uh, a degree as well as uh, much background um, in, you know, and ex experience and stuff. So I went for something simple, understandable, and, you know, it may be a contract role. It may not be a full-time role. It may be an intern role. But for my specific one, it was a contract uh, work role where I, it was a specific subset. The, the application was built. And I worked on, you know, uh, modifying and migrating data and, and putting things in it. Maybe a uh, worked on an application or a bit or two, changed a one or a zero or something. But um, it was a very simple role. And then um, as that was about to end, I was looking for other roles while expanding my knowledge on like different subsets like Coursera and um, different technical books. Like <clears throat> I remember times when I was first starting off, I used to spend all of my days just trying to like read the books because the books, like they're like encyclopedias, you know, like I remember a book that was like this thick, you know, like, and no joke, they like they got so much information in there and you just have to, know, you not necessarily know every single thing, but if you want to be good, you got to know almost everything from the back to the appendix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, and that's tough. I, I think sometimes it's people want the like, oh, let me take the couple hour course online and expect to be an expert. Right. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's like you get the the very basics from that. Right. And sometimes you get a little bit of the intermediate, but you actually have to sit down and really study and actually, you know, learn. Right. It, it, it's tough. Again, that attention span, even as adults, right? <laughs> it can be hard yeah. to be like, I'm going to sit here. Um, I remember there was a time when I was trying to get better at kind of technical interviewing and, and like basic data structures and algorithms coming from a boot camp background i just didn't have any of that knowledge every morning i was waking up at six and the first thing i was doing because at least i could get it out of the way was like studying it wasn't cracking the coding interview but one of those types of books right hmm. um and let me tell you man i'm not a morning person and uh sipping on a cup of coffee at six six trying to get through that book was very tough but you know i got to it it took me a little while but at the end of it i felt like okay at least i have like a decent level of knowledge i'm not an expert yet but i i have that i have the concepts in my head and then i have to actually figure out how to get better at them but that's tough i don't know if i'd want to do it again today that exact same strategy but it worked right it's yeah it's like thinking about it back like you you like dang i spent a lot of time on that yeah i i it'd be hard for me to do it again you know but you know, we 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 put our uh, we uh, paved the road and we we did our, did what we need to do. So now it's only just we just gotta expound on that and keep going up. Yeah, absolutely. Can you share a little bit how you got into this this kernel, be it either um, uh, technical paradigm or Microsoft? Yeah, yeah, and I apologize. It's like super sunny, but it's not super sunny. But um, right. trying to get a good lighting in here, you know. <laughs> There you go. Well, I'm in the basement right now, so <laughs> so uh, one of the the technical paradigm role was actually pretty easy. Um, I knew of somebody that 
had a uh, and and if he's listened to this, I didn't mean it like that. Like you're like, oh, you just easy, but <laughs> um, he was a he was a friend of mine's, and he needed some technical uh, expertise. And mm-hmm. you know, the long story short is, you know, we were able to uh, form an alliance because he was um, in need of assistance because he was working with these 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 clients and this. Uh, a bunch of people who just blows him out the water with the tech. Um, he can sell like crazy, but it, it comes a challenge when, you know, you have to talk about technology, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Microsoft part, this is a little more um, interesting because um, it took a while. And the fun, the funny thing is they actually found me when I was uh, doing some uh, LinkedIn kind of like promoting and uh, essentially uh, you know, I was up sitting updates over the industry and I was doing a lot of uh, insights and things. And how I got to that point was, you know, just continue to expand your knowledge mm. on uh, the field of technology in, in general. Of course, you got to know your subsets and know exactly what's going on. But from, you know, a Java perspective, being a uh, just a Java developer, you know, branching yourself to becoming a full stack where you know the front end and the back end even if you don't know it like 100 percent, at least knowing enough to be dangerous and then combining that with like expanding it out to other full stack like um technologies and how do they kind of encompass with each other the pros and cons and then expounding from that knowing what companies use it and mm-hmm. knowing how they use it and why they use it and um, from when I, you know, from when I started to how I got here now, you know, I've always wanted to keep going up, keep going up. And then there came a point where I didn't really want to be, uh, as hands-on. I wanted to be more the strategic side of things. And some people, you know, they, they love being hands-on, but where, where I got my good joy is I love interacting with clients. I loved, uh, um, requirements gathering and just understanding, from the face, you know, what someone's challenges are and how can we assist, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's easy to, uh, to do that, but um, it is kind of hard because you do have a lot of uh, essentially a backbone into the, to, to what you're doing. So from, from Deloitte to Microsoft, you know, they, they essentially found me, it was, uh, me networking my butt off on LinkedIn. And also that's another th- good thing because Microsoft owns LinkedIn. So the recruiters primarily use LinkedIn as well as other recruiters. You know, everyone uses LinkedIn. If you don't have a LinkedIn, get a LinkedIn right now. Yeah. So I would say that, uh, you know, a good portion of how we how I did things was on LinkedIn. So uh, long story short, LinkedIn is a big component. Secondly is, you know, by the portfolio and, and things that I've occurred throughout the years and uh, work work um, experiences that I had. Like, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to just to go up to the top where you're at the bottom. Um, and some people make it, but generally you have to like climb up the stairs mm-hmm. until you get up to the top and then you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, well, as far as interviewing, have you done technical interviews lately or, or in, been involved in them? Yeah, yeah. So, funny story. Um, especially with uh, TP, we have uh, a a uh, 
resource or we had a resource based out of uh, the Ukraine. So mm-hmm. a lot of those workers, um, you know, branched off and, uh, you know, had the issues they had to deal with. So we've been um, interviewing like crazy for them as well as I've done some mock, not I've done mock interviews as well as done some actual interviews uh, with uh, Microsoft. And those are pretty, pretty strenuous, as you know, like mm-hmm. it's more or less like, it's more or less, you know, you spend three hours and like you get three, three sessions each hour and it's, it's, it's work. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I used to do some coaching um, for folks going to like negotiation coaching for folks who got offers from Fang companies, Fang adjacent companies nice. and hearing them talk about doing um, multiple, like they're like, I got Google and Apple on Monday, and then I got Facebook and Microsoft on Wednesday. And I'm like, how do you get through? Like, my brain would be fried after one. Right? <laughs> so, like, yeah, and I had five interviews last week. I'm like, whew, <laughs> that's a lot. Dude, it's, it's crazy. So, and especially <laughs> Fang, too, you know, like, that's that's all the people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it gets worse when you add the big four consulting. Like, they're, they're as even as strenuous as Microsoft, too. Yeah. They take so long. Like they take months. Like sometimes they take months. But when I, uh-huh. I was working at Deloitte, like it took me months before I joined. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun, right? When you go, everything's done now. I'm just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, what part of the interview process do you typically handle? So with TP, mostly the technical portions. Uh Microsoft, it's more uh not necessarily behavioral, but uh, you know, it's technical mixed with uh the culture fit and how well they mesh with the team and um, how well can they speak on some of the uh, technologies that they have with potential clients and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. What are you typically evaluating for when you're in those technical interviews? Say, say for TP and sounds like you're kind of restaffing like a consulting division, right? So is there one, are you looking for specific skills? You know, we're going to be, um, uh, useful for, for potential clients or are you looking for more general um, kind of software development skills or what does that look like? Yep, yep. So it was probably <clears throat> the easiest thing I could say is TP specific for the actual project. So if it's a project for WordPress, okay, we're the PHP WordPress people. Um, if it's something for uh, a backend existing Java, you know, uh, presence, you know, we're looking for some Java SQL people, maybe Spring Boot, Spring, you know, XYZ that may know some, some uh, front end as well. Um, you know, it just, I, it really depends on the specific project. But in, in that case, yeah, we are looking to uh, expound a little bit more on the, uh, uh, the, the major workforce. So just people just do not code. But uh, Microsoft, you know, usually it's like my counterparts or like an ATS or another um, uh, resource. You know, I, I have co- uh, done like one for like a, a university student. That was kind of cool. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, more or less they're, they're, if they're looking for an engineering role, it's not necessarily specific to the, um, you know, like C Sharp XYZ. It's like, okay, what have you done? Can you speak on it? And then their manager would kind of go break down, okay, uh, have you worked with this? Have you worked with that? Yeah, the more specifics. That makes sense. Could you walk me through the actual steps? Say, like for technical um, paradigm, assuming it's 
know, conversation with maybe a recruiter first before they get to you, or do you take first calls, or, or what's it actually look like from like yep. intro to offer? Yep. So get you get the get the info coming in. Like, okay, this guy looks good. This girl looks good. Let's uh, let's have that. That's how that call. And then um, from from a micros perspective, you know, the recruiters what they do is they look for um, some portfolio pieces. That's the biggest thing. You know, that helps out tremendously. You know, because mm. Um, good people just don't have portfolios. Let's be honest. Like if you're good and you don't have a portfolio, how do we know you're good? Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say uh, we check over the portfolio uh, offline, you know, and uh, whatever they have on their LinkedIn and GitHub. Um, you know, you also want to make sure they ain't crazy. So you may check out their Facebook or their, their online the sanity check, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to make sure, you know, you ain't getting a, a bomb, you know, a, a guy who's just, crazy but um i've heard crazy stories too in in uh, the tech bill how that's happened too like they've hired some guy who was uh uh he was convicted of like terrorism or some some crazy in another city but oh another tangent i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> um but yeah so from offline you're doing this and then come the interview you have you know you know, it's especially at TP, you don't want to waste the time. So we kind of just get it all at once. Um, I would say, uh, of course, the behavior was always throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But um, just go straight to the technical, just understanding, okay, like what what, what have you done? What can you work on? Um, can you show some work? Can you, can you show us a snippet and kind of walk us through your thought process? And it's kind of hard sometimes because some things are uh, NDAs for certain specific mm-hmm. clients. But generally good people have a uh, mock of good code that they have in like a GitHub or something, and they can kind of speak mm-hmm. to it. And then, you know, that kind of showcases their um, expertise in, you know, different little uh, nuances and techniques in the code. Like how well can you use like a, I, I use like a C-sharp, how well can you use like link framework and um, have you used other like, you know, ORM tools and how do you, uh, subset those and use your um, your solid and uh, you know print design principles and how do you uh, articulate the code? So we look for all of those things, and um, you know the the hope is that it's all shared within the actual uh, the demo. So mm. yeah, nice. That makes sense, uh, and that's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. Uh, I remember uh, way back in the day and I worked at a large recruiting firm that I, I won't name. Um, you know, we would place people from time to time and we didn't do background checks. That was on the company to do them. Right. Um, and a couple of times we had some interesting stuff come back where people said, oh, we actually can't hire so and so. But the only one that really stuck out were like the weird situation was the guy robbed a bank when he was young he was like 16 and so it was a felony on his record he was in his 40s by that point right so it was like very far removed and we placed him at a financial company they're like yeah i don't think we can have a bank robber Dude, <laughs> uh, no working on our companies i said yeah i guess i can't be too upset about that and we told the guy he goes yeah i haven't got that before that's fine can you <laughs> and, imagine oh my yeah. god <laughs> that could even ruin like you know how well the next person is because it's like they're always gonna like how can we trust you're going to give us good clients? Oh, yeah. No, it's... <laughs> yeah, interesting times. Only time I ever placed a bank robber, that's for sure. Or almost placed the bank robber. A bank robber, jeez. <laughs> I guess yeah. it wasn't successful if he's 
looking for <laughs> well uh without you know docs and the individual if i remember correctly they him and a bunch of buddies got away with the money um and would have got in theory got away with it except they immediately went and bought like 10 grand worth of computers <laughs> like computer oh. parts and their parents were like Hey, where did that come from? Also, we heard about this bank robbery on the news today. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, I guess maybe you don't spend the money right after you. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> <laughs> don't drive straight from the bank to Micro Center, right? Dude, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, flipping the question towards you, in in the past when you've been the interviewee, how do you feel like you've done in interviews? Um, do you do you love them? Do you hate them? Um, and maybe you can break that down between technical and and non technical interviews. Yes. So in the past, um, there's been some roles where I just totally fumbled. Uh, I remember one where I was totally unqualified, a hundred percent, and. He playing out, say, all right, this isn't going to work. And, you know, can't, I can't lie. You know, I, I was there and and I left. But generally, the good roles that I've had, I, um, I take time to actually prepare for it. And that's important because if you if you just gloss through it without caring, you're going to it's going to show. And so sure. a lot of the good roles that I've had are due to me doing the due diligence, um, actually really putting my good foot forward. And then also combined with having a good um, culture at there and, you know, them being able to, you know, see value in me and stuff. But generally um, I've saw myself as, uh, you know, putting a good foot forward, doing well. Um, and, you know, just, it just it, it's it can suck sometimes. It can be uh challenging. You may feel like a failure, especially when you're trying to go for these roles and like you don't get them. But um you just have to keep like dusting your shoulders off and just keep going on because you know sometimes it's it's not meant for you to have something. You know, we always think that uh I'm gonna get a job and everything's gonna be okay, but generally it's not it's it's it is gonna be okay because you have a job, but you know, it's it's all in how you uh, change your mindset of certain things and how you see um, yourself in the next two to five years and where do you see yourself and if this place is good for that then you you know like you trying to wow your girlfriend to be your wife you're gonna you're gonna go at it headstrong yeah yeah how do you how do you prep uh, obviously you can do research about the company and maybe the people you're going to interview with if they send you those names is that the type of stuff you're talking about are you doing anything else to make sure you're actually prepared for these companies because i think that is a missing thing a lot of people think i'll just show up right and maybe yeah. i have one question if they ask me if i have a question oh how do you like working here whatever their question might be right um how do you actually prep so you stand out yep so the first thing is what the company does you know, learn about the non-technical things about the, what they do and who they are. And that makes you even look good on the, on the uh, interview, you know, like tell us about the company. Sometimes you may know more about the company than the person does, you know, like, and that's good. Like when I was uh, at Chase, you know, there were some things that some people don't know about that others do. So <clears throat> it's, it's, uh, it's good to know about the um, public's things. And then this is, of course, if they're a public company, I mean, you know, if they're a startup that you're going for, that may not be that uh, that uh, noticeable in public. You know, know as much as what you can. Maybe ask for a website before 
you um, join or ask about the role. That that shows another thing about, you know, you want to come prepared and show, you know, whoever you're speaking to, you know, make it an inference. Hey, I want to uh, do some research on the role and the company. Send me some things or Mm. where can I access these uh, resources? And then, you know, secondly, look for um, other people maybe in the role, maybe do some research about them. Uh, you know, see where what type of uh, companies that may come from. Mm. Um, and then more on the technical side, you know, once you have all that information, um, you can even uh, look at what others in the role are, are doing. So full stack Java person, you know, Spring Boot, you know, Oracle, but it could also be SQL, it could be NoSQL. Uh, so it's good to know more about what you'll be doing on a day-to-day. And then once you have a good idea of what you're going to be doing on a day-to-day, what tools you're going to be using, what what um, mindset, are you agile-based? Are you using Kanban boards, uh, stand-ups? You know, like all of those things matter because <clears throat> once you're, you got to be comfortable you doing it, firstly. You, yeah. you, can't, you don't want to get a job and you're just like, eh, I'm just going to coast, coast through it because you waste their time and you waste your own. Yeah, those are all great points. And there's so much little stuff that, one, if you ask the questions, it does seem like you actually care more, right? And you do, you should, right? But two, it's it's so important, right? Like, I've found myself even in the interview process getting to, like, the offer stage before I'm like, wait, do y'all do two-week sprints? Do you do, like, like, <laughs> like what is, are you agile? Like, sometimes we wait so long on that stuff because it just doesn't come top of mind. That's pretty important to me, right? I'm like, I, I care about what your what your model looks like because if it's drastically different than what I've done in the past, it's going to be tough, right? Like, it, it may have exactly the same tools and code, but it might just take me a while to get ramped up just because um, you have a totally different work process, right? So, um, yeah, that's the type of stuff that's important. And you can ask those questions earlier, right? Like, there's always mm-hmm. someone you interview with where you might not have a ton of questions. Uh, if you interview with another engineer, oh, like, what's your guys' actual, um, you know, work pro- workflow, right? Do you have product managers you work with? What's the team breakdown? Do you actually have a QA team, right? Like, the job I, I, I have now, we do a lot of, like, um, developer-driven QA, and I didn't realize we don't really have an expansive QA team, right? So it's like, okay, that's a totally different model than if you're used to working with a full QA team, right? Or an offshore QA team or whatever that might look like. They can drastically change how, how things work. So Absolutely. little questions that can really, I mean, makes you show you care, but also shows that you actually um, are thinking about these things and taking the office or the, the role seriously, right? And you bring a good point. You know, a lot of technical people are starting to understand, you know, uh, you're going to spend 40, 50 hours plus on these, on this job. You want to make sure you're, you're well compensated and you love what you do because you're investing a lot of your, your life into yeah. a place. And if you're there for that long, you know, you got to make sure you, you know, instead of you being there, you could be somewhere else. Cause if you're just looking for, and then that people do do that. Like they just want to make a lot of money doing what they do. So like a higher gun and that's it. They don't care about culture. They don't care about all that other stuff. And there's a, there's a need for that. You know, it could be consulting and you could just be planted places and you just to go getter and you get in and go in and go out. But also there are a lot of people that love culture. They love knowing who they are working with and they're, they're, they love how the pace of the company's going and they believe in the CEO. Like, 
Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Do you have any type of system you use? Say you're you're tossing into a technical interview and you get asked a question, you go, okay, I don't have an immediate solution for this. How do you actually break that problem down and try to approach it? So, so for example, are you, are you referring like if there's something that like I've never heard of? Uh, Maybe it's a question you think is doable, but it's like you're, you know, it's not FizzBuzz. You don't go, okay, I've seen this before, and this is pretty yeah. straightforward. I just got to figure out the, the little logic for it. It's something yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm actually going to have to, you know, come um, up with a newish solution, right? Something I haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I've definitely, definitely done that, especially, um, you know, working in banks and working in these firms where it's just like, you know, when you first start off and you never came across it, it's like, wow. But I would say, you know, as programmers, the best thing that you can think about is like, think of it as in pieces, right? Like object-oriented coding, it's in our blood to know these things. Um, you know, what are the divine, defining pieces of X solution, X problem, X, X um, result? And you count, you'll, you culminate a strategy to build one by one. Um, it's kind of the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, conquer and divide and conquer strategy mm-hmm. where you take a piece, understand it, do as you will, take a piece, understand it. That That's the best way I would say, instead of tackling it uh, head first, especially when you're um, new and don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, the unfamiliarity is the, is the biggest portion. Like you don't, if you don't know what you don't know, then how can you uh, aim to solve it? So mm-hmm. piece by piece, if, for example, this piece deals with a specific technology you're unfamiliar with. Maybe ask someone about this p- specific piece, and then as that's being helped on, move on to the next. Okay, this I have a little more, more familiarity of. Let's let's uh, let's let's solve for this. Bam, go on and go on. Yeah, yeah, I think that divide and conquer makes a lot of sense, and it's so easy to get overwhelmed by oh, it's big thing I got to do versus thinking of okay, let me find the smallest piece of this I can break off. Right? Yes. Like, yes. I used to tell folks all the time, if, you, if you're in an interview where your brain goes completely dead, right? At least make right out uh, like the start of your function, right? Or whatever your, your algorithm might be, just literally name it. Right? Like at least you've got a line down, right? <laughs> Open it, close it. Okay. I've got, I've got piece one down. Okay. Now are there any variables you need to make, right? Like literally take the tiniest piece you can and at least you get your fingers moving, your brain thinking a little Fine. bit. Um, and then hopefully the rest will catch up, right? Or you can keep chiseling off pieces. And and good interviewers, you know, and we all have had our share of bad interviewers, but the good interviewers, they generally can, you know, they see you struggling. So mm-hmm. it's good advice for someone who's in those types of scenarios. Um, you know, talk your talk your um thought process out. So mm-hmm. as you're going through, like you say, like you're defining these variables, you know, you know, you may have to say. God, this is something I have no idea what I'm doing. Or, okay, so as we're going through this, I'm I'm not sure if I should call it here, if I should do it there. And then as you're coding, you know, like maybe it's not going to be, I hate, sometimes I hate coding interviews because you just don't, you don't get the best out of some people Mm sometimes. So when you're doing these interviews, like it's going to be ugly code when you Mm -hmm. first start off, unless it's something like, like a fizzbuzz and you understand it but it's generally going to be some ugly code and then you're going to have to refactor it and make it look clean at the very end but um generally just 
get your thought processes down, make some comments, you know, uh, just just put thought to paper or thought to yeah. the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any any other advice um, for folks who are prepping for for interviews? Maybe they're they're. Um... You know, holiday season isn't really interview season, but just yeah. after, right? January, February, a lot of people, new graduates or um, or people looking for a job and they said, okay, got back from Christmas break and decided I don't want to be here anymore, right? <laughs> uh, new year, new me. Yeah. I would say, um, yes, I do. So uh, if you're going for a coding job, be ready to code. Mm. That's the biggest one um, because a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, I would... Get this book, and I don't know if we can uh, share it, but uh, it's called the uh, Cracking the Coding Interview. I think it's called mm-hmm. by Gail. Um, I may be butchering her last name. I don't want to say it, but it's by Gail um, Cracking the Coding Interview. But I read that book, and it helped me get into Deloitte. Yeah, nice. it it's really good because you know there's things I haven't done in there. You know, there's things I haven't thought of, you know, time complexity, data storages. um, And then it makes you think about how you actually code, like Mm. how coding actually works, um, how functions, you know, doing it this way is not as good as doing it this way. Um, And then you think about different things that, that really open your mind up as a developer Mm. and, you know, depending on your level that you're going for, like if you're going for a basic uh, front end beginner level one, you know, generally you want to look for good mentors there. And that's a good question to ask. Like, do they have good mentors, good teachers that can help? Because if someone just hired, gives you work and they hire you, it's not a good place for you to grow and understand your knowledge. Um, mid to senior, uh, you want to make sure you get along with your uh, counterparts well, because you're going to be working with them 40 plus hours as you're coding and doing stuff. And then, you know, if you're going for like lead director of tech roles, you want to make sure the upper management is is is, is a good buy-in with you and they understand mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then just overall, like the technology and the, and the, the drive that the CEO and the leadership goes, like you're, you're, you're for it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'll I'll plug um if you're maybe early career and you've looked at cracking the coding interview and like all of this is over my head and like you don't have a data science or or um, algorithm background or, or traditional computer science background. Jay Wingrow, who was one of the first guests on the podcast here, wrote a book called uh, a common sense. Let me make sure I got it. A common sense guide to data structures and algorithms, um, and that's like basically if you don't have a background in in computer science, this is a like intro. I would say read this and then go to cracking the coding interview <laughs> after that, right? But it like makes things a lot more approachable um, and still covers all those topics, but maybe at more of a surface level, so you can at least get the concepts in your head and then um, try to improve on them later. So um, that was actually the one that I was talking about when I was like, I used to wake up at six and, you know, I was working my way through that book, but both of those are, you know, those, those thick books you're talking about, right? a lot of stuff in there. Um, but it does help. It helps a lot, especially if you're a person who can like read and take in information. Well, uh, any, any additional advice or different advice for people who are early career? I know you said mentors, right? That's a huge part of like figuring out 
will there actually be mentorship? Um, that's actually something that one of the first questions I even ask recruiters now before, um, if I was going to interview with anywhere, I say like, what's your mentorship um, or training program look like? Because if the recruiter knows, it's probably good. If the recruiter doesn't have any idea, yeah. it might be okay, but uh, it's not a big selling factor for them, right? So anything else you, you bring up um, for early career folks? Yep, yep. So uh, like you say, early career, first, first starting, like, you're maybe a business finance person, you're going to tech. Um, you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint actually what you want to do because there's so many options. And some people, depending on what they go for, they go for like Java and C sharp and JavaScript or whatever. But then there may be subsets like like uh you know Python where they're working on a very, very, very like um specific uh, function. So it's good to think about, you know, generally where you want to go in a career, because that that kind of helps uh, with technologies you learn. Of course, if you're a, if you're a coder, programmer, tech guy at heart, um, or gal, I'm sorry, uh, you want to make sure you invest in something that aligns well with your your goals. So it makes no sense if you're going to be a uh, a web programmer to know literally everything about databases, right? Like to the point where you like your DBA. I mean, there, there there's there's no point really if you're just focusing mainly on the front end, mm -hmm. you know, like generally teams of, you know, X, uh, they, they handle the backend specific functions. If you're more of the design, you know, pixel perfect designs, that's focus on that. So uh, narrowing down where you're trying to go in your career is, is, a, is a big factor where I see things you should do. And then, you know, when you're when you're when you're struggling, when you're, you're doing things, uh, ask people, don't take don't waste time. You know, if, if it takes you more than, you know, five, 10, 15 to understand this, just ask someone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's like the <clears throat> I always felt like. A coding boot camp, the whole the whole point was to just get to where you want to go faster, right? Like if you're you could probably like a lot of people could probably force themselves to learn how to code on their own, right? But it might take you a, a year, two years, three years, right? If you're just doing it on your own, you got a coding boot camp. Basically, yes, you're being taught, but a huge part of that is just having someone when you go. I've hit this topic I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? Right. And they explain it. And maybe it gets through, maybe it doesn't. And you go, can you explain it again? <laughs> right? Like yeah. you got someone who could basically help you through these hurdles. It's the same thing. Like your first couple of years in any, any new field, you're just going to run into a lot of those things where you don't know. And some of it you can piece, piece together, right? Some of it's just like, ask someone and I can't tell you how many times it's been, you know, I spent 45 minutes trying to figure something out. And I asked them and they go, Oh, and they explained it in three minutes. Right. And I go, uh, it's so much wasted time, <laughs> right? Uh, cool. Well, before we take our break, um, do you have any interviewing horror stories you want to share that people can relate to? And maybe, you know, they say, "Oh, if that happened to Will, um, you know, and he's a successful, you know, director now, uh, you know, if it, something terrible could happen to me, and I could still get through it, right?" Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I do got a few. I would say, first starting off, man, it just it's a pain in the butt because. You have uh, no real background experience, and 
it was a double for me because I didn't have a degree or I um, didn't have experience. So it's just like, how do we trust you? You know, how do we yeah, do, yeah. How do, you do that? And then at the time, I didn't know to get certifications. And then when I started getting them, it started doing well. Um, that's another tip for when you first start starting off. Go for certs. Go for mm-hmm. certs. Um, but the horror story is uh, kind of like the one I mentioned before, where I literally interviewed for a role that I knew that it was a good job, but I knew that I was not qualified for it. Um, you know, he he playing out said not necessarily get out, but you know it's been good talking with you, um, but we're gonna have to decline. And during the interview, like fifteen minutes into yeah. the interview, so that was that was that was a little crazy story. And then I think another one was uh, halfway into the interview. Um, I think I heard a scream and he had to take care of an emergency. So I'm not sure what happened with that one. Like literally went to the place. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I had to close this off immediately. Um, But we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon or something. So I don't know if he gave me the, uh, you know, how, like, if you're out and and someone say, Hey, call me, say it's emergency type of thing. (laughs) But uh said scream in 15 minutes if i don't text you <laughs> <laughs> so it's it is some funny weird ones man but yeah look where i'm at now so man i need some closure on that one i gotta figure out if this this person's <laughs> whatever is okay <laughs> dude it was it was for a manufacturing type job and i was just, was just oh weird. no somebody lost a thumb in a machine <laughs> my leg <laughs> you said maybe i don't want to work here what's your workman's comp look like <laughs> it's not looking very safe <laughs> thank you for watching the first half of the professional technical interviewee the technical interview will be released one week from this episode so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it new episodes are released on the first four thursdays of each month find us on youtube at youtube.com slash or on apple podcast or spotify Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.